everyone. Welcome to the Parenting Balance Podcast. My name is Kelly Williams. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and an ADHD parenting expert by experience. I'm here with my partner. Hi, I'm Teresa Van Pelt. I'm a licensed mental health counselor. And for the past 10 years, Kelly and I have had a family practice in Florida. This podcast is for parents who want to understand what's really going on with ADHD so you can ditch the chaos and feel confident and happy again. Our very first podcast is really exciting. Be gentle with us, please. Yeah, so we are experienced uh, family therapists for many years. And in fact, the topic of today's episode is our story about um, how we came to know each other and how we got here and why it is that we are learning this very new skill called podcasting. And what's so funny is we are completely, totally different but we work together really well. And you'll see this as we talk. Well, our, our, um, our talents totally complement each yes. other. Yes. See, right. she's the wordy one. She knows how to do it. I just yeah. know how to feel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I do more of the uh, analyzing. I'm more of the analyzer. Kelly's really good with wording and making things sound really... She makes complicated stuff sound simple. And I just babble. Well, you are really good at actually helping people to heal from super strong emotions. Yes. And it's really key why this is important in the work that we both do, because uh, my specialty in uh, supporting families impacted by ADHD, like my own, Um, the emotional symptoms of ADHD are in fact not even in our current diagnostic criteria for ADHD. And it's really frustrating to me when I talk to people about ADHD, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know that they, most people have this idea of ADHD being a person who has a hard time focusing and maybe hyperactive and stuff, but there's so much that people are missing because it's not included in the diagnostic criteria right now. And Mm -hmm. I, that's something that Kelly and I feel is very important for people to understand the whole picture. That's why we're here. That's why we're here because indeed ADHD is the most treatable condition. I don't really like how that sounds. But, okay, you know, ADHD is a neurological difference. It's a brain that's different. I don't actually think it's a disorder. Right. I struggle. um, So sometimes I struggle with framing it as something that's wrong. Um, But when there are problems that occur as a result of this different neurology, and when we understand why the problems are occurring, then the treatment is more effective than for any other condition listed in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, which is that book that we use for the diagnostic criteria. So this is really so important. It's just so important that we talk about it, that we teach about it, that we let people know um, what's really going on. And I think that Kelly and I are very passionate about empowering parents and empowering kids, but especially the parents, um, 
because you guys are the key, you know, and we have a special tie to that because we live with it. You know, like you guys live with it. We live with it. I have ADHD myself um, and I also have anxiety and I have a child that experiences the same things. Um, I'll let Kelly speak on her part, but this has kind of led our professional path, the clients that were kind of attracted to us, but also our need to help support the people we were seeing um, led us to dig deeper and deeper, but also how to help our own families. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm here to say, I mean, I didn't in a million years ever dream that this is where I would end up, you know, um, having a private practice that specializes in supporting families with ADHD. Um, I thought I was going to be doing play therapy with littles. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. what I thought I would do. I thought I would be, you know, teaching at the university, like what and you I did used to do. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you know. So um, the when our kids were diagnosed, it changed the course of our career for the better, in my mm-hmm. opinion. But I will also say this: that um, I don't think many clinicians can understand what parents are really going through if they don't live with it. And and that is not to say that there aren't there's you great know, people out many, there. Many many wonderful clinicians out there. Absolutely, but the the personal element really does change how I do the work. And interestingly, right? I was a clinical social worker for 16 years before I had kids. Mm-hmm. Like I used to think I was a really great family therapist. I, I was a great parent before I had kids. Absolutely. I was the best parent before I had kids. <laughs> right? The same thing with a therapist, but it really, I felt for me that it really opened my eyes to parts that I didn't see and I didn't understand. How could you? Right? How could we possibly, right? Right. And there's also a developmental process, I think, when your child is diagnosed with something or when you discover that you're diagnosed with something. There's a a whole process that goes along with it. And I think that we have had the blessing to be able to see and feel how that's like as a parent and also a therapist. Yeah. Yeah. I will tell you right now that Especially today, we're um, in the middle of the COVID quarantine right now. I have not been able to work with my families in my practice for about four weeks. Mm-hmm. And the realization that came to me is that that is part of my community of support. Um, doing, you know, hearing other people's stories really plays a role in helping me stay balanced in my own life. And until I couldn't have it anymore, I don't know that I really valued that or realized how important that was. I agree. I'm probably seeing maybe on a good day, like a really good day, maybe four people Mm -hmm. through video therapy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I feel like, like today I just saw one and I felt like it was really helpful to kind of pull me out of my life but also see that there's other things going on and other people are struggling. Yeah, we've been doing it for so long, right? Yeah. So it's just kind of hard to sort of have that uh, ripped out from under you. 
All right. So um, let's just wrap this episode up by talking about um, how we met or... Yeah? yeah? It's a funny story. Yeah, I think we should. All right. All right. So Teresa's husband was the goalie on my soccer team. And I did not know Kelly at all. Yeah. (laughs) I was watching because I would go out there and watch the games. It was the co-ed... I don't know. Well, you were in grad school. I was in grad school. Masters in mental health counseling. I was, and you were already practicing. I was in clinical supervision for my license, yes. so I had graduated. You were my hero. You oh, were like my big sister. Nice. You were yeah. my big sister, and I asked you so many questions. You did. I do remember that. I was pretty needy. I still am. I don't think so. I mean, um, you know, it's part of the service as a social worker that you uh, that. That you do, I always valued that role as being the clinical supervisor, you know, right? So after I got my license, then I wanted to help other people. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And that was how I eventually wound up, um, you know, being on the faculty at at a university and teaching students and everything. And I thought, you know, that was it. But then what I really learned once I got there. That's not what you wanted. No, man. I like working with people, I like helping people. And in a million years, now check this out, you know, before I came to your practice, which we haven't even told that part of the story, but I worked with adults. Right. I didn't work with kids. Adults scared me. Like I went immediately with kids. I thought kids scared me. Yeah. Yeah. I liked adults, like people who had language. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I went on, you know, I think it's important to say that I worked at an inpatient psychiatric hospital in the beginning years and so being on an adult unit and I was probably maybe 110 pounds at the time that was really intimidating and really scary so that was part of it and I was still kind of emotionally a baby myself Mm. yeah see I always was so this is part of how Teresa and I complement each other because um, I'm the high intensity one of the duo here Mm -hmm. so I always uh, I got my start in community mental health in West Virginia in the mountains with, um, you know, people that lived in Appalachia and believed didn't want to have plumbing in their home because they believed that spirits could come into the home through the plumbing and that would harm them, you know? So that's where I got my start Mm -hmm. and did, uh, and then, uh, moved to Florida and, um, stayed at community mental health uh, with adults. Which is cool that we both, well, I think a lot of people start in community mental health, but I think that that was a really important, that get, gives that you was a great needed. education. Yeah. It was hard, but it was needed. Sure. But when we talk about that diagnostic and statistical manual, right. Mm-hmm. And all the different symptoms and all the different disorders in there. Um, we both have the background to know, right. Like right. I, we have seen what's what it looks like, what everything looks like. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we no don't doubt. need to go no look at the book anymore. No. <laughs> like, we kind of intuitively know. If someone walks in and they don't even need to say things sometimes. But obviously, we don't diagnose based on how no, we feel. No. But, you know, it's ingrained. And so, as it turns out, you know, now we've got so much more neuroscience informing, right? Back yes. then. And when we went to school. There was nothing. No. Nothing. Nothing. No. Just and I was really. There was no actual science. There was no evidence. Not with know? ADHD. And I was actually 
working on the information that I learned then, which is way outdated. And you're the one that started seeking that out. And you're the one who's taught me a lot. Well, that's because when my son was diagnosed with ADHD, what, about 10 years ago now? No, nine years ago now? Nine, okay. Um, Yeah, you know, what does any parent do when their child is diagnosed with a major medical condition? And that's part of the development. That's part of the process. You learn everything you can. Mm -hmm. You learn everything you can. And here's the problem. I had all these years experience in mental health, and what I was reading was like Different. literally blowing my mind. Yeah, we were conditioned to think one way, mm-hmm. and this was totally opposite. And honestly, it was opposite of the way that a lot of practitioners in our area and a lot of the, um, you know, the psychiatrists, the medical professionals were viewing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think there has been a shift in how we view uh, what is ADHD. Mm-hmm. And I do want to say this. This is something I always tell people right off the bat. The name itself, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, is a total misnomer. Part of why I think there's such a problem with people misunderstanding what ADHD is, is the name. Mm-hmm. This is not a brain with a deficit of attention. It's actually a brain that's paying too much attention to too many things at the same time. Actually, a deficit of attention would be really nice. Speaking to someone (laughs) with a diagnosis, that would be heavenly. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so here I am. And then I was pissed. Okay, so then I was totally pissed, right? I think that's part of the process. Yeah, right? the, The stages of grief. Yeah. You know, so uh, first you realize what's happened and then you um, and then you uh, start to there's anger about Mm -hmm. that. This is actually happening. Mm -hmm. Um, But I couldn't understand how for so many years I had to do monthly trainings. I never had one. I do not remember one training about ADHD neurology. Well, and I sought some out on my own, and I have to say I wasn't impressed. Like, going back and thinking about things, I remember one that I went to, and you're like, oh, I want to hear how it went. And it's like, I didn't really even know what to tell you because it wasn't really helpful to me. Right, right. Connecting the dots. Right. (sighs) Well, I think we're about at time for our first episode. Um, so thank you for being patient with us. Yeah. Thank you for being gentle. Yeah. I guess, uh, here's what we want you to know for today. What, what do we want them to know? Well, that our, um, perspective and that this podcast is going to be brought to you from the perspective of two very experienced mental health professionals who have different ideas perhaps than what um, sort of is mainstream or what you might find in, um, I don't know, in just with a generalist practitioner, if you will. Mm -hmm. Uh, We made the decision about 10 years ago to really, really specialize and really hone our craft and uh, develop very specific techniques for how we help people. 
If getting the kids up and out the door on time in the morning seems more difficult than it should be, then I have something that can help. Jump on over to parentingbalance.com slash guide to download your free guide to mastering morning madness. That's parentingbalance.com slash guide so you can ditch the morning chaos for good. Thank you so much for listening to the Parenting Balance podcast. And until next time, remember, different isn't wrong. Mm -hmm.